welcome to Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, it's with Say Every Week. We're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up, we have another very special interview for you. Giving over the whole of this episode to an interview with Toronto-based singer-songwriter and poet Donna Dunlop. Now, although Donna is no longer active as a performer, she has a great back catalogue and lots of interesting stories to share. And she's also started releasing songs that were originally recorded in 2000-2001 that, after a life hiatus, have been revisited for release as her latest album, Backlight. So settle down and enjoy Donna Dunlop in conversation on Folk Roots Radio. But before we get there, from 1985... This is Donna Dunlop with Louisiana Sky. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan. When you hear the sound of the steel guitar And a fiddle singing out among the stars for me down lonesome road Well, you can look for me Cause I'll be coming home And I'm gonna love you And you're gonna love me And we're gonna be happy As we ought to be Big yellow moon Upon the rise Oh, I can see it now In the Louisiana sky That's Toronto-based singer-songwriter and poet Donna Dunlop with Louisiana Sky 
one of her early singles and a song you can find on her 1985 album of the same name. And that song Donna sang on the CBC's Tommy Hunter show in 1987. And there's a great video of that performance which we'll share with you on the website. And it brought back some great memories of a great TV show. And after a 20-year break from releasing new music, Donna's album Backlight arrived earlier this year. And it's an album that contains songs that were originally recorded in 2000-2001 and revisited this past year with support and instrumentation from producer, engineer and guitarist Steve Sherman. And guess what? There's now more new music on the way. A new single, Wondrous Boy, has just been released. And you'll be able to hear that later in this interview. And to learn more about the music of Donna Dunlop, we're pleased to welcome her to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you join us today. Well, it's, it's a great thrill for me. I have to say, when you first sent me the album, I was so intrigued you know, with your story and then looking you up and then you so kindly sent me your back catalogue, which, you know, I'm really going to use the the time we have today to tell people they need to check out your music because you've made some great music over the years. Well, thank you very much. I, I tried to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love it. And it's great to have you releasing new music again. I decided I wanted to start with Louisiana Sky, and originally I thought, well, well, let's play the Tommy Hunter Show version, but the quality of that's not quite as good as it could be for radio. But it's it's a wonderful video, and I imagine, uh, I know it's a, a few years ago now, but you must have had great fun when you went on the Tommy Hunter Show. Well, I did. It was the first TV show I'd ever done. I was very nervous, but uh, I managed to... Uh pull it off, I think, <laughs> you know. They spare no expense in the production of the show, which is great. Uh, it's very professional, and I've worked with a wonderful fiddler there, Al Cherney, and a pedal steel player, whose name I don't know. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, you know, one of the things I loved about it was, well, you know, I think that, sh- that type of show particularly, I love the way that the music just flows into it. I mean, it is very much like radio. You know, one song will move into the next. And the energy was so incredible. I mean, when every time I watch the performance, you know, just the way it moves is just, is just fabulous. It, it must have been a really special for you to be able to do that. Well, it was. It was. You know, um, everything was high energy, of course, in, in that particular segment. I was um, happy that it, it turned out as well as it did. I'd like just to, to talk a little bit about how you got started, because you have an interesting story as well. I, I, I love the fact that uh, you quit school at 16. I think the original story I read was they said that you ran away, but then I watched an interview that you've done, and we're gonna I will be sharing some interviews that you've done through the website as well, because I think oh, it really you. gives the, the full story here. But... I think you, you you told your parents that uh, you wanted to to leave and, and explore. Is that how things happened? Well, I'd been planning since I was 13 to leave the day after my 16th birthday when it was legal to do so. And I didn't run away. My dad, in fact, gave me a lift down to the um, the place I was moving into. I had a job. I had gotten a job when I was 15. It was downtown at the Bank of Montreal, King and Bay. 
I had lied about my age to get the job, and um, by one year, you know, I wasn't trying to convince them I was 40 or anything, you know. Anyway, uh, I moved in with um, a girl who, a uh, woman who worked in the in the in the office I was working in in the bank, and that was in uh, the Parkdale area with her family. So I was there for a little while. Then I moved on, and um, I kind of moved a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I lived in various places, all in Toronto. Now, I I know you did find your way back to school. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But were you thinking about playing music at all in those days? I don't think you even had a guitar, did you? I didn't have a guitar, but my first love was the violin. And uh, when we lived downtown, um, that is in East York, um, in the junior high I was in, I was in the band. Well, it wasn't a, a band, it was an orchestra. But in music class, I played the violin, which I fell in love with. When we moved, when I was about 12, we moved to Don Mills, and they didn't have a, a string orchestra there. They had a brass band. I kind of lost heart because I didn't identify with many of those instruments. And in fact, I was assigned the trumpet, but I gave it to my friend who um, really wanted it. And I ended up playing the tuba. (laughs) 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 And and the tuba section was great. There were three of us. We had a good time. Yeah, that's a wonderful story. And I think when you, you did start to play guitar there's this wonderful story about a uh, a friend i think was it a boyfriend at that time that yes it uh, was my boyfriend scribbled chord charts on a, a shoebox for you this is a wonderful story yeah it's true that's exactly what he did three chords that's all you need well you know to start yeah and yeah. uh and i got a guitar a, a good little guitar and uh started playing you actually ended up finding your way back to school. What was it that, that made you feel like you had to go back to school? Well, I always loved books. I loved reading. I loved writing. It's unfortunate, but my parents both died in 1970. They died a month apart. And um, as a result, I did inherit some money. And... Um, I was able to use that to um, pay for my uh, schooling. However, to get to university from grade 10 is a little more of a process because I had to take uh, two grade 12 subjects, English and history, at night school, which I did at Jarvis Collegiate in Toronto. And then I took a pre-university course at the U of D in history because that's what I thought I was going to study. My first year, you know, the first year can be sort of general, but I did have a heavy focus on history, but I realized that history was really being written in the literature. And so I, you know, changed my um, my focus to English literature. That's how I uh, carried on, and I went through to graduate school and ended up with with an MA from the U of T. Were you starting to, to write songs when you were going to go back to school? I mean, you were you starting to, to produce songs of your own at that point? The minute I, I, I could master these three chords, I was writing a song, you know. I wrote my first song for Bob Dylan. Oh, what was that? What was that one called? 
Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> like, you know, it was it was it was god awful. But you know, it was, <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to quote from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I do love your poetry as well, so I'm sure the lyrics weren't too bad. But yeah, no, that, oh. that, that that that's wonderful. So, um, tell us about when you first started to to make the singles, because I think initially you. I know you worked with Bill Garrett. Well, for the for the um, for the Louisiana Sky for that series of singles, I got a, a grant from um, the uh, Feder- Factor Federation to assist Canadian talent on record. It was a new demo, a new talent demo award, and uh, so that we were able to like stretch that out in the in the studio you know, make uh, 10 songs and release them as each as singles. Well, that's what got me on the Tommy Hunter show was the Louisiana Sky. Bill Garrett and Ron Dan were working very closely together in the production of those songs. And Ron Dan, the late Ron Dan, was a marvelous person and a, and a marvelous pedal steel player I I think certainly um, the best in Canada at the time so I was very fortunate to have those fellows and Bill Garrett was the um, the first person to put me on the radio he had the show six days on the road that was the first time I worked with a band so uh, it was all of these terrifically talented guys I'm gonna link to the uh, the audio from that six days on the road interview was hosted by David Essig. I don't know that I just love it. There's something very special about the conversation you had and the way that the the music weaves in. I mean, you know, the the potential was really clear at that point. Was that after you'd started to record some songs, though? No, that was before. Wow, I hadn't. Done, that was my first time on the radio, the uh, first time on the CBC. It was the first, you know, as I say, for working with a band as well. I don't even think Louisiana Sky had been written then. Yeah. I, I sang some other songs, which um, which I still like, actually. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things I noticed when I listened to it is is the poise you had. I thought was pretty impressive. You know, I, I, I just love to, you know, when I see that in artists, that was just... You know, this really was a beautiful moment in time. So I will definitely make that interview available through the website afterwards if people want to check it out. It's definitely worth listening to uh, a great interview. So after the the Louisiana Sky album, you produced Blue Highway was the next one that was which came out in cassette. I thought was interesting that was actually that was in 1992. And and then that is a wonderful album. That I think is the album that eventually made its way to. Uh, Sony Music, I think you sent it to Warner's or something, and they were—they really liked it, didn't they? Yes, I got a call from them, which you know was extremely exciting to say the least. And um, and so they were, you know, they said, "Well, it's—they called it country art," and they said, "I, you know, we know you're probably working with a limited budget, but we really like it," and um, they were thinking of trying to do something. They said, you know, I, they realized it was a limited audience. At the same time, I had sent the um, Blue Highway 
cassette to the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee, which, as you know, is a mecca for songwriters. I um, got a call from them, another thrilling call. They invited me to play there, and I made the trip. I drove down. It was um, quite a quite a good experience. Um, there's a lot of excitement, you know. It's the ex- they don't call it the excited states for nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love is crazy. Love is blind. Love can hit you from behind I don't have too much to prove No, I just want to find my way to you Blue moon in my bones That blue moon will take me
Hi there, this is Aaron Costello, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Donna Dunlop with Blue Moon in My Bones from her 1992 release, Blue Highway. And Donna Dunlop is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. Did you ever think that maybe, you know, you could move to Nashville and, and try and develop your career there? Well, that's what they said I had to do when I made the rounds in Nashville. They said, you have to live here. You can't just, you know, pop in. You have to live here and be around and get, you know, yourself established. That's how it's done there. The interesting thing about Blue Highway as well, I think that was uh, recorded at Grand Avenue Studios in Hamilton, uh, yes, Daniel Lanois' place. Yes, yeah. and he, he popped in during the recording of that, you know, gave it the nod, you know. That was something. Yeah. Yeah, no, the great album, absolutely great album. Now, the next album, uh, She Used to Be a Dancer from 1994. To me, that, that may be the, the time when your, your career was really starting to, to take off. That was the departure from Blue Highway in that there was more of a um, folk element present and also less production. I produced that myself, not that Blue Highway had a lot of production. I I sort of co-produced that. I wanted to keep the sound, you know, small is is better, you know, or less is more sort of thing. That album I wrote at the same time that I was writing a novel, my my first novel called What She Can Remember. So I guess in a sense that is a sort of taking off. Um, in terms of creativity on my part. We used to go downtown Me and the boys, he said We used to have Thin. 
boys, he said. We used to hang around like eagles in the wind. Eagles in That's Donna Dunlop with Eagles from her 1994 album, She Used to Be a Dancer. We're pleased to have Donna joining us on Folk Roots Radio today for an in-depth conversation about her career in music and literature. And I think around this time, I mean, you were, you were playing quite a bit in around the, the Toronto area? Yes, Toronto and, and southern Ontario. I, I drove around. Uh, that's, uh, this was in the 80s, and in the 80s, I was actually able to make a living in music. Most of the, the times you, you were playing, were you mostly playing solo, or were you able to, to play with a band very much? No, I, I played solo. I, I couldn't seem to organize a band. I hadn't even tried, and I guess the logistics of it were difficult. But there were a lot of gigs around for solo artists. People like Willie P. Bennett mm-hmm. were on a kind of circuit. I have to admit, I tailgated him a bit. <laughs> we crossed paths again, too, um, Willie P. Bennett and I, when uh, there was a TV show called Listen Up, and uh, it was um, featured singer-songwriters. It was very intimately produced. It was a half-hour show. It was on... Uh, Vision TV, I was accompanied there by Tony Quarrington, great musician. Oh, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, then that's a lovely video. We're going to put that on the website, too, because I, I love the way that they cut back and forwards with the music, but the, the interview is really, you know, they really try not to be intrusive, so you're really just, you know, hearing from the artist, which I think I think worked really, really well. Now... After she used to be a dancer, uh, there was a, a little bit of a break to Spirit of the Crossroads. We're not going to be able to play anything from that today. That was 2001. The songs on Backlight, were they recorded around the same time as Spirit of the Crossroads then, or just after that album came out? It was after that, because um, Spirit of the Crossroads was was released in 2001, but I'd actually recorded it quite a bit before then. So there was a little bit of a break between that and, and Backlight coming out. What what made you decide to to bring those songs out now? Was it something you'd always wanted to do and never quite found the time to do it? Well, that's, that's part of it, for sure. I had them in my basement. Well, we won't go into this, but I had like a personal crisis, you know, in this period. I really wasn't able to work, but I did start to um, help Raymond Souster, the um, the well-known, well-respected, and wonderful Canadian poet, the late Raymond Souster. You know, I was introduced to him through another writer friend, John Robert Colombo. Ray um, was um, losing his um, sight, not losing his vision, but losing his sight. And he had a backlog of material that he needed help with. 
organizing and getting into shape for publication, and he needed some help with, you know, um, some editing and and so forth, um, and sorting. And uh, I was um, I was happy to I was honored to do um, uh, to, to to do this. And uh, he didn't live that far away from me, which was also good. And uh, so we worked together um, for pretty much a decade. That was until he passed away, which was in October of 2012. I published his last poems. I started up Contact Press, um, which was a press that, that he and... Irving Layton and Louis Dudek had, had begun back in the 60s, released the, uh, the, the last poems of Raymond Selster. The title of the book is called Come Rain, Come Shine. And then I was grieving for him. We developed a, a very close relationship in those years. And I wrote a book called Dear Ray, a love poem for Raymond Souster, which I wrote in 2019, but it was reviewed by Kirkus Reviews, and they uh, selected it as one of the best books of 2020. It was a way of honoring and grieving my friend, Ray, who was uh, an exceptional poet. I'm sure many of your listeners will have heard his name, read some of his poems. So deep in the snow, 
must recognize him With the weight of memory and the lightness of breath I like to move beyond the cause and effect Out of control Under your skin Out of this hole Into that spin I like to walk the streets alone at night I hit my stride and I leave this time zone behind joy that shines like a backlight, like a Piper Hayes. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Donna Dunlop with the title track from her latest album, Backlight. Donna Dunlop is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. I noticed that you'd actually put out a couple of books of your lyrics as well. I'm I'm curious as to uh, as to how the your poetry and your lyrics fit together. I mean. Because when I listen to the way you sing, I mean, you you know, you, your lyrics are very poetic. I thought it's, I always like it when artists, you know, make an effort to to release their lyrics as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. That's a good question. Well, first of all, um, the book that was released was called um, Spirit of the Crossroads, and it was published by Colombo and Company in Toronto who had also published my novel, my first novel, which she can remember. To me, they're, they're two separate worlds, poetry and songwriting. I mean, I may have, you know, nicked a phrase from, you know, a poem and put it in a song here and there, but this, the song lyrics, I think, are not exactly poems. Like, a poem exists on the page, but nothing is more immediate than music. I had begun life as a poet. I'd, I'd start, I'd written my first poem before I was 12, and it was an elegy to a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, an imaginary horse. I, I just longed for a horse. I loved them too. But it's very difficult for a poet 
can make a living. I wanted to make a living at my craft, and as I was developing as a as a performer, I thought, you know, I could I could make a living. I could make part of my living anyway doing this. That's uh, another dimension to the uh, you know the divide between the poetry and and song. For some people, they don't have that division, but I think it's it's pretty obvious with me. to you You always felt you had to work for love Now love is working for you Love is working for you But that was how you kept your head above And that was how you kept your heart afloat Untouched by what might comfort you The most, the most, the most A double darkness rises up Behind your eyes, behind the wheel You can't hold on, you can't throw these dice Cause the dealer is not real dealer is not real But like some bridegroom or some bride Whose holy state has been denied Your body snags upon that line And the sea comes crashing through The sea takes hold of you a double darkness rises up Behind your eyes, behind the deal You can't hold on, you can't throw these dice Cause the dealer is not real The dealer is not real in the roof of love You cannot hear him when he comes to you You always felt you had to work for love Now love is working for you Love is working for you
Hi there, this is Ellen Fraze, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. From Backlight, that's Donna Dunlop with Love is Working for You. We're pleased to have Donna Dunlop joining us on Folk Roots Radio today to chat about her career in both music and literature. I do love the, the way you write, so do you continue to, to write these days? I imagine once an artist, always an artist. So do you continue to to write poetry? and? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. I've been active, very active lately. And I've been posting my, my poems on Facebook. In the old days, you used to send them out in the mail, you know, with a self-addressed stamped envelope for the, for the rejection or acceptance. That was fun. I liked that. But you always have to wait about a year, you know, to get a response either way. And I'm not sure how many people are reading those journals. So I, I have been active. To be very personal, I um, I, I lost my dog. I, my dog I was 13 and had many illnesses. I've been mourning his loss in poetry. I get a lot of responses from people who have been in the same position. Right, right. Who have felt that that overwhelming grief. Yeah, no, I think that the the advantage of of social media like Facebook is the fact that you know you can you know create something, put it out there, and and then get an immediate response, which certainly uh, you know helps that creative process. Backlight came out this year. There was the the songs that that Steve Sherman had worked with you on. Are you still writing songs? Do you still do you write songs at all now or not? Well, in a, in a fit of depression, and I shouldn't admit this, I sold my guitar. It was a Martin D-18. It was very old. It was um, about 70 years old. I hadn't felt like playing it. I do have a keyboard here. That was something I taught myself. So I'm not really accomplished on it. I'm thinking of getting another guitar, actually. Maybe a little smaller-sized one, easier to hold, because my guitar was fairly large, but it was a beautiful-sounding instrument. I haven't really been writing songs. I've really been writing poetry. I have so many songs that I've already written. It's like, who's going to listen to these songs (laughs) if I do write any new songs, you know? I'm planning to release another album, Old Songs, which made new again, next year sometime, tentatively called Telltale Signs. So I've got enough on on the on the burner, you know, to uh, Yeah, well I you know, I have to say I, I think it's great that you are back releasing, you know, your songs again. And I think as you said before, I mean, uh these are songs that, you know, may have uh, been originally, you know, started work on them 20 years ago, but, you know, they have, you know, been given a little bit of a uh, a makeover in some cases and added instrumentation. I think that's really exciting and it's wonderful. Backlight is there. Now, live performance, I don't think you perform at all now. Did you retire from live performance? Well, I, I, I did, I did. Do you miss uh, it? I do, actually. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It fed into my creativity, you know, getting the response and the connection with the audience. It's very nice to have a, an immediate re- response. You know, again, it's almost like Facebook, right? You know, 
well, I'm not, um, I'm not as young as I used to be, you know, it's uh, either. That's kind of a, a bit of an issue. So, you know, the heart and head may be willing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the the other part's not quite as, yeah, a bit more of a challenge. Not quite as limber, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I can certainly understand how, how that is. Uh, I think it's, you know, one of the things I love, and, you know, having had a chance to, to get to know you, you've got a... Uh, a great website you've been working on, DonnaDunlop.com. One of the things I love is the fact that you are making your music so available online. I mean, people can pick up the music through Apple Music, uh, and I think you can stream it in a lot of different places, right? Uh, I know SoundCloud, I think you have a, a lot of songs on there. Oh, yes. Yeah, which is, you know, it's one of my favorite places to, to check out new music. If anyone out there in Radioland is interested in um, buying one of these um, albums of mine, Backlight or any of the back catalog, just contact me directly at um, my Gmail address, which is Donna Louise Dunlop at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to, um, to uh, send one out to you. I think that it is really, really wonderful. You have produced some great music over the years, and I think it's awesome that new music is still coming. We're going to finish with your latest single, which is Wondrous Boy, which I imagine uh, will be one of the songs that's uh, on the album that will come next year. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about this song? Wondrous Boy? Well, it's... um. It's a it's a love song. Um, there are elements of uh, caution in it, elements of overcoming fear in relationships. It kind of unfolds slowly. I think the song speaks for itself, really. I guess that's sort of my feeling about yeah. most of the songs. You know, if if they. If they didn't speak for themselves, I probably wouldn't have written them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, one of the one of the things I love about this song is the your vibrato, which I find is very beautiful. Um, you know, that it gives a fragility to the to your music that really comes through on this song. I think it's just an absolutely beautiful way to to finish this interview. Donna Dunlop with Wondrous Boy. And thanks again for spending the time with us. Oh, thank you. It's, it's been an honor and a, and a pleasure. Here comes love. Here comes joy. Here comes that one. On my left, on my right, to this place deeper than night, where the loneliness that's never alone finds its way home.
And that's it. That's all we can squeeze into this hour of Folk Roots Radio. To learn more about the career of Donna Dunlop, you can check out the playlist for this episode on our website at folkrootsradio.com. You can also check out her archives online at donnadunlop.com. And if you'd like to purchase one of the albums from Donna's catalogue, which I know she'd absolutely love, you can reach her at donnalouisedunlop at gmail.com. We'll leave you with one final track from Donna Dunlop and from the album that we said we couldn't get to today. From 2001, Spirit of the Crossroads, this is the beautiful Something in the Air. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We'll see you next time. A microscopic grace reveals your perfect face, and yet there's nothing you can prove. You live beyond your means at first, and then your means live beyond you. Beyond the light of day, beyond the commonest prayer, there's something in the air. I walk alone a lot, there's much that I forgot, but there is more that I have saved inside the moon's disguise. Next to the grave that rides Upon the bird that flies away Thank you for killing my dreams They were useless anyway That's all she had to say All she had to say Then one cry moves away Reveals your perfect face And yet there